Good to see you today. Thank you for coming out and gathering with us. I'm always amazed at what God does when we intentionally come together and gather. His spirit works amongst us in a remarkable way, so I'm excited about what's going to happen today. We begin a new series today called Mastermind, as you will have noticed already, and I have to decide whether I'm going to make this one week longer than I thought because there's so much good stuff that I'm so excited about. So I don't know if it's going to be four weeks or five weeks. I'm leaning towards the five weeks. Mastermind, change your thinking, change your life. I'm going to begin this way. Do you ever have unwanted thoughts? Unwanted thoughts. Like anxious thoughts. Or maybe there are fears that you know it's irrational to be fearing this, but you're totally sweating because you're fearing it. How about accusing thoughts? Like, and maybe somebody doesn't say all of these. I'm no good. Nobody likes me. Nobody can ever love me. If people knew what it was really like, they'd have nothing to do with me. I will never get past this. I will never amount to much. Those kinds of thoughts are life shaping thoughts. And they're not really wanted. There they are. How about dangerous thoughts, dangerous fantasy thoughts? And you know these fantasies are taking you in the wrong direction. How about addictive thoughts? And desires, and you know it's taking you to places that aren't good for you. I mean, an example of this might be lustful thoughts, and it's fueled by pornography. How about angry thoughts, thoughts of unforgiveness, revengeful, hateful thoughts, and you don't really want to think them, but there they are, and what do you do about it? How about denial, denying thoughts? So if you haven't, you know, thought, oh yeah, so far, this is for you. Maybe. Thoughts of denial where you consciously or subconsciously deny there's a problem with your life when people who know you best are telling you there's a problem, and that would be denial. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. There's a weird study done. I don't know who does these kinds of studies, but a study about pests, and so we're going to shift away from our thoughts and compare thoughts as if they're like pests at the house that we put up with. And so this is about a house and what people put up with. 24% of the adults, that's one in four, will pay an exterminator to kill spiders. So the, everybody else, the 75% or so, they put up with spiders. Okay, uh, 27% of the adults will pay to kill ants. The rest live with ants and will do, deal with them themselves. 56% will pay to banish bed bugs, which makes me wonder about the other 40-something percent. It's like, <laughs> you are going to put up with those? Really? And there's this whole other list of them. 90% will actually pay a professional to take care of termites. Right? And so there are some pests that you will absolutely not put up with. You'll 
Go to the cost of getting rid of them. One I felt like adding, it wasn't on the study. What if your whole house was infested with rattlesnakes? I mean, you know, <clears throat> would you pay somebody? My wife actually showed me a video where some guy found a rattlesnake under her subfloor, and then he had to pay professionals to come in in Texas. I'm glad it's not here. To remove 40 rattlesnakes from under the house. It's like, okay, okay, I'm not going to live with these pests. No possible way. And yet, so many of our thoughts, which are unwanted, are like pests that we put up with. Rather than doing what we need to do to get rid of these pests. And so, we're in week one of this Mastermind, change your thoughts and change your life. So we're going to talk about winning the war in your mind, to get rid of the pests that are shaping your life in ways you don't like it to be shaped, and these pesky thoughts are the dominant thoughts of your life. I'm going to skip the series description. We're managing clock here. Here we go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're jumping right into something Paul says it's powerful, and it's going to be the key section in 2 Corinthians through this whole series. We'll be revolving around it in other passages as well. Paul writes, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. So we have divine power to do something about these pest thoughts that have become dominant in our life, and he calls these something. He says, we have divine power to demolish strongholds, strongholds. So I looked this up in the Greek, and the Greek word for strongholds is strongholds. Um, (laughs) There are other translations. The translations of this Greek word would be like fortress in your your head or um, prison. So like you're a prisoner to thoughts, a prisoner where a fortress of thoughts where you try to get rid of it, but it's like you can't get rid of it. And it has a strong hold on your life and these dominant thoughts are affecting you. And so we're gonna show that there's, we can access divinely powerful weapons to dismantle that stronghold, that fortress, that prison kind of prisoner to our, my own thoughts kind of thing. Now, to get a hold of this, I'm going to tell two stories that I want you to imagine you're in the stories. The first one, I'm kind of mean. I'm going to ask you to imagine being held hostage, okay? Um, I hope that doesn't freak you out too much. Just a story. We're just making it up here, all right? So I hope you haven't actually been held hostage. So you're held hostage. You're terrorized by these terrorists. You don't even know why you're being held hostage. And they're really mean and cruel. And they throw you into a room. They lock that room. There's no windows. There's no escape. You've you've tried the walls and it's like they're solid. And you've been there for days. And you're thinking, I'm going to die. What's going on? You hear them out there. And then there's quietness. And then you hear this whisper through the door. And at first you couldn't tell what it is. But then you get closer to the door. And the whisper says something like this. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to unlock the door. You're going to be free. But please, 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 don't open the door until you count 30 when I say so. Because I need to get out of here. I don't want you to see who I am just in case they capture you. I don't want them to know I'm setting you free. Okay, so here goes. I'm unlocking it now. And you hear this click, click. And literally, the chambers of the door unlock. And he says, you're free now. Count 30. Start now. And then there's silence. Oh, I got goosebumps. That's, that's good. All right. Now, in that scenario, 
This could happen. You are so terrorized by the terrorist, your fear now goes something like this. I'm not going out there. What if it's a trick? What if it's all a ploy to, I feel like I'm going to die. Now, what is holding you in prison? It's no longer a door. It's no longer a lock. You are free, but you don't want to open the door, and you won't open it to walk out and be free. That, my friends, is like a stronghold, where something is so fearful, such a dominant thought that you're not actually going to deal with that thought in the right way to be set free from that thought, and it's still governing you, and you're still stuck. Jesus sets us free from a lot of things, and Yet we believe he set us free, but act like we don't, and we're afraid to walk in the freedom because we're believing some other thought, like a fearful thought, and that's scene one. Scene two is a little bit more fun, okay? All this is made up, by the way, just to get... I I was going to make up one, but I liked them both, so you're going to get them both. All right, so in this one, the parents hand a kid a checkbook, and they say, we want you to learn how to manage your finances. You can tell this is an old story, and I'm an old guy. People today, young kids, they go, checkbook? What's that? But anyway, I'm going to give you a checkbook to learn how to handle your finances, and here are the only two rules, okay? We're going to fund you $100 a month. You just got to do this set of chores. Every month, you'll get $100. The second rule is you've got to learn how to manage your money, balance the accounts, and only spend within what you have because we want you to learn to be financially responsible. You, you good with that? How many of you would be good with that? $100 a month, just a few chores, and be good with your money, all right? So it's going really well. 100 bucks every month. Responsible with the money. More 100 more 100 more 100 And then it goes into adulthood, and then everything changes. His parents die. And the sudden change is this. An attorney calls. I need to set up an appointment with you. Uh, Your parents made a a will, and we got to talk through your inheritance. And it was nothing like you thought. Your parents totally lied to you this whole time. They weren't putting $100 in your account every month. They were putting $100,000 in your account every month, and you never knew it. It was all working through this law firm, and they reworked the paperwork so that you you got these fake documents from this fake bank, and you thought you were reconciling this real bank name, but they were doing all the changes and figures. They they kept track of the real money, but kept track of your $100 a month money, and you were doing good. You are staying within your $100 a month. Now he says, you are a mega millionaire. I can't believe my... I just wondered, are you mad at your parents or happy? Okay, so you got this thing going on, but here's the point of the story. You will live out what you believe to be true, even if you were lied to. If you were lied to and you can only spend this amount, even though you have millions in your bank account, because of the lies, you're only going to spend this amount. (laughs) Jesus has given us so many riches in Christ that we don't believe. And We believe the lies, and so we're not living up to the realities. And he's not lying to us, but we have some lies that are lying to us. And we got to ask ourselves, which of these pests are we willing to get rid of? Are we going to do something about these lies? And that's what this series is all about. We move on because Paul tells us what to do. In verse 5, he says this. We demolish arguments 
and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This cracks me up when I think about it. I mean, just ask, let me just ask you, if we can take captive our own thoughts, what is the mind and what is the brain? That just is a mind blower right there. It's like, if I can take captive a thought that's the wrong thought, it means that my mind is something other than my brain. Ooh, it's like, wait, it totally fits scripture. It's like, I have a mind that can capture my thoughts and my brain, I can tell it what to do. Stop thinking that. I'm going to think this. And that's something that's rather cool. Now, Paul's not the only one that gets into this. We read from Jesus, John 8, 31 through 32. Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you notice what he says here? He doesn't just simply say, If you believe what I say, you're my disciples. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait. He says something bigger than that. If you're following him, you're his disciple. If you're holding to his teachings, you're his disciple. But if you do this, I agree with that one. That was good, Jesus. I like that one. That was cool. And then you go off and you do your own thing. You're not his disciple. You're something else. And you're actually not training yourself. You're actually training yourself to experience Here's a big one. Cognitive dissonance. I want to explain that. And I didn't really have an explanation for that very well until this morning, before first service. So it actually crept into all three services. I have to use the restroom a lot on Sundays. It's nerves (laughs) and coffee. And I have to use the restroom a lot. I went and used the men's room. I walked in, everything's fine. No one in there. And then the motion detector activated lights went off while I'm in the restroom. It's like, oh no, 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 no. It's totally black. There's no windows. It's totally black in there. I hope somebody comes in. I hope somebody comes in, right? Totally black in there. And then, then, then my mind goes, this is just like cognitive dissonance. The motion sensor of your soul did not pick up any motion in the right direction, and the lights went out. Think about that. It's like you go to church, you hear this thing, whoa, I agree with that, that's so good. And you go, go walk in the other direction, and that truth, the lights just went out for you because you're experiencing cognitive dissonance. You're not actually living out the truth you said you believed. You're living out a truth, a different truth that you actually believe, And now you have this cognitive difference going on in you, and you are conflicted, and there is darkness in your soul. We're dealing with some real pests here that are very important for us to figure out how to deal with. All right. So, hold to my teachings. So, it's more than, yep, I agree. I actually need to hold on to it. Let it become more of my thinking, where your thinking is not just your thinking I agree with, your thinking becomes my thinking, and that's not fast. You gotta hold on to it, repeat it, reflect on it, let it trump the other thoughts that you actually believe 
that you didn't even realize you believed? Why am I not doing that? Why do, what is it that I don't believe about that? And then reflect that and then take this thing which is powerful and demolish that stronghold. And Jesus is talking about that. And the truth will set you free. Okay? You ready for point number one? I am. <laughs> point number one. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Those dominating thoughts, whether positive because of truth or negative because of some cognitive dissonance and something that's created a wrongful thought, it's going to affect your life. It's always going to be directing your actual life. Here's Jesus on the matter. He says it this way, Luke 6, 45. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Now, by the way, he's talking very much like we do in our world today. We say, um, I, I'm, I'm doing this by heart, which really what that means is I've got it memorized. I, can, I don't need to read it. I don't need to sit down on the piano and look at the music. I'm playing by heart, okay? It's very much like that, but there's a storing up training process to get to the place where you've stored it up, and now it's not just his thoughts, it's now become your thoughts, Okay? It takes a little bit of effort and training. It's hard, but you can get there. And that's how you demolish the wrong thoughts and get rid of the pests. That's how you dismantle the strongholds. So he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Amen. Now, I'm going to... You're full of some good stuff over there. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to now uh, share with you a video because I learned a new word and, and I'm going to give it to you for free. All right. The word is neuroplasticity. Science has caught up to the theology that we've been discussing and only in the last 10, 15 years or so. Here's a video about it to get a hold of this really quickly. neuroplasticity. All that is saying is that our brain can change. And who is the boss of the brain? The mind. And science is now saying this. Science is saying, there's still some scientists that are so naturalists that say, no, you can only think what your brain is chemically processing and the electrical firings. You're just the product of your brain. But that doesn't make sense because the whole principle is now saying that if you have a thought that has created this pattern, you can rewire it. You can unplug this pattern by thinking a new thought and create a new path. And if you keep going on the new path, that old pathway becomes smaller and smaller and disappears into a forgetfulness as you've created a new lifestyle. It takes a lot of hard work, but just like Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you reflect upon it, you embrace it until it becomes your thoughts and you keep that teaching in front of you, the wrong thought starts to diminish until the truth sets you free. So the brain is the body. The brain is the hard drive. The mind is the software. When your body dies, the you who goes with the mind didn't die. And the you who isn't the brain can literally say to the brain, stop it. I'm going to not even go there with that memory or that thought. I'm going to reject it because it's taken me in all the, all the wrong places. I'm going to stop thinking about that. What I'm going to do right now is think about this. 
And it's remarkable because we all kind of agree with we have that ability. We can choose stuff. And we can choose to rewire and rethink, but it's really hard work when you don't even recognize what the pest is. and where You don't even have to know where it came from. You just have to identify, that's not helping me, that's not truth. I need to take captive and hold it down to the truth of Jesus and make it obedient to Jesus. So I'm going to take this new truth and live out this new way, and it creates a new habit pattern with new emotions, with a new freedom, and that's what we're talking about. And so it's really cool. Paul talked about neuroplasticity 2,000 years ago, even though science figured it out 10 years ago. All right. Romans 12.2 reads, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not like they used to think. No, you can literally renew your mind and create new pathways, and there's a limitless possibility. Even if you have a stroke right down the middle of your brain, that's how they first discovered it. Uh, You can recreate all new pathways in the leftover brain sections, even if it's the wrong section. Uh, Literally, that happened, and that's how they begin to discover Oh my, we can rethink thinking. It's weird to think about thinking. But we can. We can think, oh yeah, this thing happened to me. There's, that's one way of looking at it, but I can look at it this other way. Oh yeah, wow, I can choose. Thinking is so weird. I used to, as a kid, go, how does it work? I was like, can I fake myself out? I'm going to move my hand right now. Uh, I'm going to move my hand right now. I can't fake myself out. I choose, and my brain and mind is so connected. It's like I'm the director, and the brain and all the memories are taking signals from me. Whoa! God made us amazing beings. All truth, people, is God's truth. It just makes me want to worship him. Wow! Wow! It's incredible how you've made my brain to just store all that and it starts to get stored into my subconscious, in my heart, and out of that is my life. This is so cool. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting way behind today too. Here we go. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And that's what the neuroscientists are now saying. Literally, this thing that you keep thinking is affecting your body. It's changing your chemistry. It's changing you to have this problem. Most of the diseases now are as a result of the thinking process and the stresses. Okay, we got to change your thinking. And scientists are saying this, and God has been saying it. Okay, point number two. We need to do a quick thought audit. So just a tool, just to get you thinking. Here's a thought audit, a scale between one and ten. You just need to think about thinking, think about yourself, and evaluate. We are capable of doing this. This is pretty wild. So are you worried or peaceful, generally speaking? On a scale of one to 10, pick one. Are you tend to be more freaked out and worried all the time and stressed out? Pick one down lower than if that's you. If you're peaceful, man, this horrible thing just happened, but you have skills to cope. Like, wait, I can look at this from the standpoint that God is still in charge. God was not surprised. God is still good. I can reframe this now, and you, you're able to go, I don't even get it, but I feel a peace. It's like uncomprehensible. You're towards the upper end of the scale. If you are negative all the time, you're down there, you know, one, two, whatever. I hate life. I hate politics. I hate, or everything is bad. Everything's bad, bad, bad. Or, you know, God is still in charge. God is still good. Life is great. Life is good. Where does that come from? It comes from unplugging the wrong thoughts and plugging in to the right thoughts. Are you constantly self-centered? We have dominating 
ideas that cause that? Or are you constantly God-centered? Now, chances are good, all of us are not a 10 or a 1, okay, in that area. But that just gets us to thinking, what I want us to realize is that we can demolish the strongholds. And what I want you to do in this series is pick a stronghold. Pick one that is one that's a pest that's troubling you because it takes a while, probably the duration of this whole series, to deal with one effectively. But man, if you deal with that, now you can pick another as you're picking the right truths to dismantle the stronghold. That's A and B on your outline. A, identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. And B, name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. What I'd like us to do now is kind of get the next layer of just repetition, which is part of the pathway. So stand with me. Let's read this key central thought together out loud. It actually does something when you do that. If you did this over and over and over again, it's creating a new pathway, a new way of thinking. It's part of the process of getting this thinking into you. What? I can capture that thought? It doesn't really matter where it came from. If it's not right, you can capture it and say, I reject that thought. I'm going to think this. Okay? Let's say it out loud together. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish... Are we moving on here? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is just the beginning. This is just introductory. I can't wait to see where this all goes next. We're going to finish with a prayer today. Uh, Let me read it for you. If you agree with it, I would love you to pray this out loud together with us. Heavenly Father, you are so good and trustworthy. Thank you for giving us the power of your word and the Holy Spirit living in us to combat the negative thoughts we face. Please give us the strength to create new paths in our brains that lead straight to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to pray that, let's pray that right now together out loud. Heavenly Father, you are so good and trustworthy. Thank you for giving us the power of your word and the Holy Spirit living in us to combat the negative thoughts we face. Please give us the strength to create new paths in our brains that lead straight to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I just want to alert you to the fact that on your outline and on the study side of the sheet, there is a link to a seven-day devotional study. It doesn't take long each day, but you get so much more if you'll do this. If you don't do it this week, I want you to do it sometime in this series. You're going to get a bunch of tools and a bunch of things that help you identify perhaps this answer to this stronghold and this approach to this problem, etc. I want you to do that this week if you would, if not as soon as you are willing, and that's a tool for you. If you're carrying a burden, we've got a prayer team that's ready to help lighten that load for you and help carry that load for you and pray for you. Make sure you see the prayer team. I can't wait to see you next week for the second installment of Mastermind. God bless.